Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. This episode is brought to you by Mike Young, the makeover master. If you feel your business image might be costing you money, influence, power, and respect, then head over to makeovermaster.com to discover what their complete brand makeover experience is all about. Go check it out right now because everyone deserves to look their best. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur, an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He started his first business out of his college dorm room and sold over $30 million online. He is now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies and e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. It wasn't always smooth sailing for him, though, as he faced some serious problems early on that he was forced to grow and overcome. He has been featured in some leading podcasts such as Entrepreneurs on Fire and speaks regularly at live events. So I'm really excited to dive into his story. Nathan Hirsch, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome, man. So um, you're a pretty successful guy, free up. You know, uh, you do some amazing things. Maybe take us back and, and tell us how you got to this, this point in your life and uh, fill in the gaps for us. Yeah, so I started off as a broke college kid. Uh, my parents were both teachers, and we were never poor by any means, but we obviously weren't well off. And my, my entire life, my, my parents, I, my dad taught at the town next to me. And so I went to school there instead of my town, East Longmeadow, Longmeadow. And my, every parent in that town, they're, they're, they were doctors, lawyers, dentists, successful business owners. And, and there I was with my parents just standard average teacher. So I was always surrounded by people that had a, a lot more than me, which was pretty motivating. But one thing that, that was different for me and my friends is my parents always made me get these summer jobs. My friends were outside playing. I was in there working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. So when I got to college, I kind of had a sneak peek of what life was like after college. And I didn't want any part of it. I, I hated working for other people. And I kind of looked at college as a ticking clock. If I didn't figure out a way to start a business by the end of year four, I was thrown into the real world and wasn't getting out. So I started hustling. I started taking that summer money, buying people's textbooks, reselling them, competing with my school bookstore to the point where I actually got a cease and desist letter from my college to knock it off um, because I was taking too much of their business. So that was my first real glimpse into being an entrepreneur. And this was back in 2008. Amazon was just becoming more than a bookstore. There were no gurus. There were no courses. No, no one knew what Amazon was. And I started to sell books there. And I realized that they had other products besides books. So I started to experiment with computer games, video games, sporting equipment, typical college guy stuff. And I just failed over and over and over. And it wasn't until I branched out of my comfort zone a little bit and got into the baby product industry that my business really started to take off. So if you can imagine me as a 20-year-old single college guy selling baby products on Amazon, that was me. And that business really blew up to the point where I had to start paying taxes, right? So I met with my accountant. And the first thing he asked me is, when are you going to hire your first person? 
They go, why would I do that? I mean, money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. I'm going to have to teach them. Endless excuses. Classic entrepreneur stuff. And he just laughed in my face. And he pretty much said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Sure enough, my, my first busy season comes around and I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets. My grades go down. And I just think to myself, I, I can never let this happen again. I need to start hiring people. And, and I somehow survive it and make it to January. So I'm in college. I don't know how to hire people. I, I post a job on Facebook and this guy applies for my business law class. He says, I don't really know what you do, but I need a job. So I asked him a few questions, hired him. I didn't really think much of it. Ended up being an amazing hire. We hit the ground running right from the beginning. He made my job easier. We made more money. I eventually made him my business partner of both my Amazon business and free up. So there I am thinking, man, hiring is easy. You post a job on Facebook, someone shows up, you make more money, your life is easier. And I proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire after that, quickly learning that college kids, not very reliable. And on the flip side, no 30-year-old expert wanted to work for me. So I got thrown into the remote hiring space, the Upworks, the Fivers, and I made some good hires, but I, all my time went from growing my business to posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them one by one, and I just wanted a faster, better way, and that's really when I came up with the idea of FreeUp. So that's really the story of how I went from a broke college kid to starting two companies. Cool, man. So I'm really interested, okay, and I think a lot of people out here are. So the entrepreneur world now, it's very popular. You know, we're in 2019. Um, you know, with, with having YouTube and Instagram and all these things, all these videos talking about, you know, success and how to get there, you know, it's a lot easier than I can imagine 2008 would have been right. So maybe talk us, talk us about like how many people were actually doing this in 2008, this style and how has it changed? How different was it in 2008? Because this fascinates me because I had no idea at that time about anything to do with like online or, you know, Facebook was brand new. It wasn't even really anything to do with business, you know, talk us through 2008 and what it was like then. That's a great question. I don't know if I, I've been asked that before. I mean, it was a totally different landscape. No one knew what Amazon even was. I mean, trying to explain to my parents that I was selling on Amazon or my friends. I mean, people thought I was running a Ponzi scheme. They thought I was running a scam. No, no one really understood what, what I was doing. And I mean, now you go on Amazon and there's endless products, right? And on every product, there's a hundred people. Back then it was like me and two other people on, on every listing. It was fair pickings. There, there was no, I mentioned no gurus, no courses. There was no Facebook groups like you see today where there's a Facebook group for marketing and Amazon and eBay and all that. I mean, none of that, that existed. It, there were no resources. I, I learned Amazon from reading the Amazon FAQs on their website. No one learns how to sell on Amazon that way anymore. So it, it was an entirely different realm. And even the remote hiring wasn't really there. It was just starting to develop. And most people, at least all the entrepreneurs that I knew were getting an office and hiring people in person. And I got in right on kind of that ground of transitioning to remote where now it feels like everyone has a virtual assistant or at least is trying to. How has people's mindset in business changed from then though? Because, 
Nowadays, it's a lot more about value, value, value. It's more of an abundance mindset instead of scarcity. You know, so many people were so afraid of giving free content, giving value because, or somebody's going to steal their ideas. And I feel like there's been a big shift in things nowadays and how people go about content and sharing. You know, how has that changed and how is the mindset different nowadays as far as like, you know, the entrepreneur in 2009 versus 2019? Yeah, I, it's funny you say that because I mean back then I was paranoid. I I looked, I felt like I had found this gold mine, like this way out of of real life, and and I could be an entrepreneur. And no one had found Amazon yet. No one understood it, and and I knew it better than than anyone I knew. And I didn't want to share that information. I didn't want to to lose my baby. So it, there was none of that. I stayed completely out of the way. I I definitely sketched people out because I would barely talk about my business. And so the entire mindset has changed, even with um, free up now. I mean, I'm constantly posting content. This is how I run my business. This is how I started it. This is how I took $5,000 and invested it back into the company over and over. That was kind of stuff that, that I was not willing to give up back in the day. And even people that, that worked for me, they were on a need to know basis, at least for the first few years of the business until I finally realized that information is power and that when you empower people, it, it leads to a lot of great opportunity. So part of that was the time, but I think the other part of it was really just me being a young entrepreneur and not understanding the, the facet of collaboration over competition. Right, for sure, yeah. And that's that's been a big factor, I think, in the shift nowadays, kind of even opening people's minds up, more, becoming more conscious. So, okay, so you're, you're on the path. Like, what kind of challenges have you faced as far as, you know, with, as you become successful on a day-to-day basis, right? You obviously, your business is booming. Everybody needs virtual assistants. It's, it's, I hear about them all the time, right? From the Philippines to wherever, you know, how is that in your continual growth? You know, what are some of the issues you face on a daily basis? Yeah. So the, just issues now or issues in my past? Well, I don't know. Let's talk through both because they probably change. And that's, that's what's very fascinating is because there's different levels of entrepreneurs that are listening. And I think that a few of them could probably benefit from, you know, before and after. Yeah. So let's start with before. So I'm a 20, 21 year old entrepreneur making more money than, than I ever should. I'm on top of the world. I quit my internship to, to my parents' dismay and, and I'm crushing it. I mean, I, I think, oh my God, my business is a little bit stressful. I, I'm stuck in it. So I go out and I hire someone and I teach him to do everything. I teach him customer service. I teach him orders. I teach him repricing. There was no repricing software back then. So I teach him how to do everything and I invest months into this person. But the end result was incredible. I could do anything else and my business would just run without me and deposit money into my bank account. Every, every entrepreneur's dream. On the flip side of it, I had this one supplier that I had built a great relationship with, one of my first ones. And for whatever reason, I didn't even know why at the time, their products were doing great on Amazon. And I, I experimented with a few other places, but any time I spent into those places, I, I kind of felt it was, like it was a waste because if I just kept working on this supplier who had tons and tons of products and getting their products up, I could make more money. So there I am with, with this one person running pretty much 95% of my business. There's one supplier accounting for 95% of my sales. I think, man, the business is in a great place. I've worked my butt off for the past year, year and a half. 
time to take my first vacation. So I book a trip with my friends to Myrtle Beach, which I'll never go back. <laughs> and I, I kid you not, on the first day of this trip, within four hours of each other, I got three phone calls. The first was from my supplier who dropped me. He did, I never even found out why. The second one was from my manager of the day, which I called him, telling me he had to focus on school and, and could no longer work for me. Quick lesson on hiring college kids. And just to top it off, I get a call from my accountant saying that someone had filed a tax return in my name and had taken a $40,000 from the government. And it was this whole mess that I was going to have to deal with when I got back. So I went from this unbelievable high to I'm 21. I figured out life. I'm on top of the world to, man, let's just start all over again. All that work from the past six months plus is down the drain and I have to start all over. So ruined the vacation, obviously came back and I thought, okay, what did I learn from this? And the real lesson was my business was not diversified at all. So I went back to work and I did, I went, did all the cold lead generation myself. And I said, I want to work with as many suppliers as I possibly can. So I started contacting supplier after supplier after supplier. And I went from 10 suppliers to 20 to 30 to 50. And once I started making money again, I hired, I departmentalized. I hired one customer service, one personal list products, one person for repricing and built teams. So if someone quit on me and it wouldn't be the last person that quit on me, well, it sucked, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I could just replace that person in the team. And it wouldn't be the last time a supplier dropped me either. I, it sucked, but it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't lose 90% of my revenue. I lost a small percentage. So I, I learned a very valuable lesson about diversifying in terms of, of the, my identity being stolen. I, I figured it out. There was a lot of paperwork. I didn't lose any money at the end of the day. Um, and even to this day, I mentioned to you before this, I have this pin that I have to put in when I file my taxes. So outside of that, that's all resolved. But it was, I'm so happy I learned that lesson in year one and two and not year four, five, and six. Man, it's crazy to think of like how much you must have learned in the last 10 years. Like, because most people didn't get into this game 10 years ago. And the amount of growth and that you've seen shift and that you're still I mean, in that you're getting in, you have this company that is in demand. It's crazy how much you must have to learn and to give back to people as well. Like, so how, why do people need free up? You know, the entrepreneur out there, you know, why explain exactly, you know, what, what your vision is and why they need it. And, you know, you know, what can they expect if they were to get involved? Yeah, so we live at an unbelievable time. The gig economy is booming. I mean, if you go back 20 years ago or even 10, five years ago, if you wanted to hire, you were limited to your town and the towns around you competing for all the same talent against all the other businesses there. Now as an entrepreneur, you get a lot of flexibility. You can hire someone in a different state. You can hire different talent, different price points from all around the world. So you get access to all this talent you don't need to hire them full-time. You can hire some people part-time, some people project-based, on-call. You can have a designer in your back pocket. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. And as an entrepreneur, there's only one way to the top. If you want to scale your business, you have to hire people. There's very few $5 million a year solo entrepreneurs out there. So if you want to hire or if you want to scale, you have to hire. And the gig economy is a great place to hire. So then it comes down to what is important to you as an entrepreneur. And the real answer is time. For me, going to these other sites, which had a lot of talent on there, scattered with a lot of people I didn't want to hire, I would post a job, get a lot of people to apply and go through them. And 
as an entrepreneur, that's time that I would never get back. And if I spent time vetting through people, hiring them, onboarding them, and that person quit, I was right back where I started just going in that circle. So I created a marketplace where we get thousands of applicants every week, vet them for skill, attitude, communication. These are virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies from all over the world, five to $100 an hour, fixed prices too. And we let the top 1% in. From there, you get fast access to them. You don't have to browse. You put in a request. We fill it within a business day. You can meet with them, make sure that you like them. If you like them, hire them, negotiate rate, agree to fixed price. If you don't like them, get more options or click pass and provide us feedback and get someone else facing that feedback. On the back end, 24-7 support, so you're protected as a business owner. And if even the smallest thing goes wrong, we're there. And a no turnover guarantee where people rarely quit. But of course, it's real life. It could happen. And if they quit, we cover replacement costs and get you a new person right away. So that's really the concept is you have to hire. Hiring is really time consuming with very little protection and other outside platforms. And I wanted a platform that had the pre-vetting, had the speed, had the customer service and the protection. Yeah, this is, this is big because this is one level of adversity people go through in business is that, you know, they want to scale, but then they don't know how to, how to hire. There's so many people that are probably clueless out there that think it's, um, you know, cause you got to worry, obviously people, when you're hiring from different countries and all this kind of stuff, you're worried about getting scammed or whatever. And I love this because this really just shows like how important it is if you want to take your business to the next level and cause you can only do so much. And it also shows like how much you can scale it. Right. And it, it's, it's awesome. So where do you in the next, okay. So say you're sitting here 10 years from now. Did you, is there anything that like in the next 10 years that you can see that you have a vision of that are going to be struggles or things that you can see are going to be issues and maybe like are some of the stuff that are happening now something that you saw in 2009 happening today? I, I might be the, the biggest short-term thinker in the world. Not that I don't, not that I sacrifice the long-term for the short-term, but I'm much more focused on what I, what I can do now, what I can do this quarter, this month, this week. I mean, if you had asked me 15 years ago if I'd be selling baby products on Amazon, wouldn't have believed you. If you had asked me five years in my Amazon business if I'd be running a freelancer marketplace, wouldn't have believed you. And I mean, things change, th stuff comes up. I, I always say as an entrepreneur, like, when you're at the top, you got to stay humble because you're one fluke thing away from plummeting down and, and vice versa. When bad things happen, you got to stay positive and, and fight your way out. So, I mean, who knows? Are there things that, that you're concerned about? Like, like companies buying up, if you think of beer companies, instead of having lots of small beer companies now, you really have three beer companies that own everything. So is stuff like that concerning? Yeah, you could go on and on. But at the end of the day, you've got to focus on, on what you can control. And what I can control is providing as great customer service, as great experience as possible for the clients and the freelancers. And if stuff changes that, that, that messes something up or shakes up the industry or, or hurts free up in some way, hopefully I can adjust and fight through and, and start another business or adjust the business model, whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's kind of where you have to be. You got to be able to adapt. And, I, and it's, it's super important to focus on now because you can only control now. Right. And, but it's good to also kind of anticipate things as well. But yeah, no, definitely, man. So what is, so for yourself, you got high energy, you know, you're, you're successful, you're working on something, you know, what, how do you get into that state? 
you know, what, what do you, what's your morning routine look like? Man, I'm in this state every day. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I'm a morning person. I, I'll wake up at, at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., sometimes 5 a.m. randomly, and I'm good to go within 10 minutes. I mean, I take my dog to the park. I'm working on my phone right away, and, and that 6 to 9 a.m. before everyone else wakes up is my time, and I can work on projects and get prepared for the day and get organized from 9 to 4 I'm usually doing podcasts or meeting with clients or partners or coming up with content or working on free app. And then from four o'clock to five 30, depending on what time I get out, I'm going right to the gym. That's my time. One hour, high intensity, burn a thousand calories, interval training. Um, and then from there, my, my girlfriend's home and I'm hanging out and I'm trying to take a break from work depending on if anything comes up at night. So that's kind of the life of an entrepreneur, high energy right from the beginning. And I don't really know any other way. So how important is sticking to your routine? Are you pretty like stingy with your time as far as, you know, specifics or do you sort of just base it on the day? You know, cause some people are very, you know, very close with time, right? And some people aren't. So do you feel like that has had a lot to do with your success on the amount of time that you spend on certain things uh, versus others? Yeah. So, I mean, my calendar is right at the top of the free up website and I've used Google calendar religiously. My schedule gets booked up 30 minutes at a time. I got back from a trip two weeks ago and I was booked like a week and a half out every 30 minutes for, for two weeks. So, um, I mean, it does get like that and you've got to plan ahead, but I also kind of take pride in having a remote business where I have no office I have to drive to. I'm working out of my home office. I can be anywhere at any point and, and I don't have to work nine to five. There's certain days where I might be burnt out on a Thursday and I'll head out at two o'clock and go for a run. And then maybe I'll work on a Saturday night randomly when I have nothing to do. And there's this big project that, that I really am excited about and I want to get done. So I never, I, while having a schedule is great, I, I never want to have that nine to five feeling. If we want to talk other bad business decisions, I opened up an office back in the day. And one of the things that I felt like I really created a nine to five job for myself, where I had to wake up and go there and leave at five. And I kind of lost all that flexibility and freedom that I had spent so hard building up. So I never want to go back to that point. And, but at the same time, I mean, having a routine is great. I mean, stuff like going to the gym on a consistent basis keeps the energy up and, and I don't want to break that. What about um, people you look up to in the industry? <laughs> You know, have they, do you have certain, cause there's sometimes it can get overwhelming because there's so many people out there and so many mentors that everybody wants to do everybody, follow everybody. But, um, how do you feel about somebody out there listening about having specific mentors or having a few, you know, or what are your thoughts and what are you, who do you look up to in the industry? So I've never taken a course. I've never had a business coach. I've never had a business mentor. I mean, for me personally, I, well, part of the fun of being an entrepreneur is, is figuring stuff out as you go. And I mean, when I was running Amazon, there, there were no courses. I was figuring it out. And once everyone else got into Amazon and, and now everyone's selling a course or um, starting an agency or selling on Amazon now, I mean, I'm over here building a freelancer marketplace. So I'm kind of always trying to beat to that different drum. So following like the, the Gary V's of the world, I mean, that's just not really my thing. And I have clients who, who are way more successful than me that, that follow those people. But for me, I mean, I, part of the fun of being an entrepreneur is really figuring it out for myself. I like that, man. I, you know, I haven't heard that yet. And I, I love that because that's, it's all the journey, right? And you know what? That's, it's, it's also 
it's smart because a lot of times when we compare ourselves to those other people, sometimes it can actually bring us down because we don't have the success that they have, right? And when you're comparing to other people in the industry, instead of trusting your own journey and trusting your own sort of growth, you know, then we can kind of, I know myself, I, you, you get in the comparison game, right? And sometimes you can fall into that sort of, that feeling of that you haven't accomplished what somebody has. And I like that. I like how you, you, you elaborated on that, on how important it is to really uh, understand your own journey and understand that that's the fun of it, right? The growth, the process is all, is what the journey's all about. Yeah. And off of that, I mean, I never want to be in the position where I feel like I'm better than someone else. I feel like if I ever get to that point, you just got to quit. I mean, I was at a conference once and I was hanging out with some people and someone, someone said something along the lines of, I can't wait until I'm like speaking on that stage and and like, I don't have to be in this crowd anymore. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, these are my people. Like, this is where I want to be. No matter how successful I am, like, I'm not going to not go like to the networking events and, and interact with people. Like, hopefully I, I don't get to that level with that kind of mentality. But I mean, there, there's pros and cons to everything and everyone wants something different. For, for me, I'm definitely not doing it for someone else. And, and even though I might be having a good streak with free up now, I mean, like I said, you're, you're one bad luck thing away from it plummeting down. So you've you got to stay humble in this business or, or it just eats you up. I love that, man. Your energy about that is amazing. Do you, you do a lot of speaking events, right? I mean, so many people can benefit from that that side and that energy, man. Like, you know, people need to hear that people, uh, it's, it's such a crazy world, this entrepreneur on this, this entrepreneurial journey. Cause there's just so many distractions out there. Right. And it's so important to just make sure that you're sort of embracing it and not beating yourself up because, and also you can't compare your, your, your spot where you are, your chapter two to somebody's chapter 20. Right. And yeah. to stay humble and to be able to still, once you become successful, to be able to enjoy those people that you were before and that you still are, instead of getting you know too high, and because you never know when things could change. So I really, I really like that, man. And, and that's why I love free up so much. I mean, w- with my Amazon business, at the end of the day, who was I helping? I was helping me. I was helping my team, and I was helping my suppliers. Right. W- with free up, I get to help clients pursue their dream and, and grow their business. I get to travel and speak on podcasts and conferences and hopefully influence and help other people regardless of whether they use my service or not. And then on the flip side, we have freelancers. We paid out $7 million to to freelancers last year. And um, when I meet with them and I get to travel and and, and have events with them, they show me their houses and their cars and things they, they bought with that money and they were able to provide with their family. And I get to help them scale their freelance business as well. So for me, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot more fun than just being a, a, an Amazon seller like I was and benefiting myself. It's no fun just getting to the top by yourself, you know? Do you have to deal with many haters? What about your, the, on a daily basis of haters? Do you get a lot of those? Because that's, that's, that can really bring people down too. You know, the naysayers. What do you, you got to say about those kind of people? Yeah, I, I'm fortunate enough, knock on wood, that it's not like every day I'm just getting harassed on Twitter or anything like that. And I don't think I'm on that level in terms of celebrity status, and I don't know if I want to be on that level. But, um, I mean, I've had people throughout the years here and there who will bash me in a Facebook group or something. And, I mean, for me, it's quick and easy. I, I block them and, and I move on. There's, there's nothing more to it. I, I can't make everyone happy. I mean, if someone's upset with, with my service or, or something that, that I can control – 
I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do everything possible as quickly as possible to resolve the situation and make sure that they're taken care of at the end of the day. And if, if that doesn't do it, then there's really nothing else I can do besides move on. And, and, and that's really the, the mentality that I take. And I mean, you can't have negative people in your world. That, that just, it messes you up on all different levels. Yeah, I know. And you can't let it get you down. But at the same time, I think it's Grant Cordon that says, if you don't have haters, you're not big enough or something. Like I guess I'm not big enough yet. <laughs> no, you, you, you know why you don't have haters, bro? Is because you got such a positive energy, right? You know, <laughs> like if you're, if you're positive and up, uplifting and you've got results, I mean, how can people, how can people criticize you, right? I mean, it's... People find a way. I mean, people cannot like you for, for any reason. And yeah, it's tough. I mean, you always... I always go with the mentality that you, you want to make everyone happy, not from a, oh, I want everyone to like me standpoint, but from a business side, you want people that interact with you or use your service or think about using your service to, to have a good experience. And as you scale, that, that becomes harder and harder because you're, you're almost like a, a branch of everyone. And you spend a lot of time investing in your team to relay that same message. But people make mistakes. People are human. Like Stuff happens. And when you're dealing with freelancers, 99% of the time, they do a great job on our platform and there's always going to be that human element where something happens and you just have to take the mentality that we're going to quickly reach out and do everything possible to make it right. And, and if that's not good enough, that, then there's not much we can do. Absolutely, man. Empathy is so important. I love it. Now, if you could give one tip to our listeners, University of Adversity, you know, one tip to overcome adversity, to go on to achieve amazing things in their life, what would that one thing be? What's the first thing that jumps out at you? So minimum viable product is so important. Don't spend time planning. And this kind of relates to just listen to the, listening to the right people's feedback. Because I see so many people that they're working on this idea. They're working on this business model. And they'll work on it for three months, six months. And then by the time they're done, they'll, they'll launch it. And their core audience could give any type of feedback. They have no idea because they haven't been getting that, that right feedback along the way. Maybe they're getting it from their friends or their family. And even though it's positive or negative, they, they keep fighting forward. But what you got to do is get your minimum viable product out there as quick as possible. Get that feedback, listen to your core audience, whoever you're selling to, and they're going to tell you whether they like it and you have potential and keep going that direction or whether they hate it or they don't understand it or it doesn't make sense. And you can tweak things and adjust from there. But the last thing you want to do, again, focusing on time is Spend all this time working on something that you don't know at the end of the day, whether it's going to succeed or fail. You've got to get that feedback along the way. Yeah, that's great advice. Get, if you have a, an idea, just get it out there, right? Let the, let the uh, marketplace tell you what it is and, and how successful it is. I love it, man. Thanks so much for that. So where can we find you, bro? Let's, uh, let's get you plugged in. I want to make sure everybody checks you out. Yeah, go to freeup.com with three E's. My calendar is right at the top. You can book a free meeting with me. You can check out the Free Up blog, the Free Up YouTube channel, and our Facebook group, Outsourcing Masters. I'm trying to post as much content as possible to help people hire better and smarter. Oh, man, amazing. It's been awesome having you on, bro. Your energy is, is, is amazing, and I can see why you're successful. I can't wait to see like what you what else you create, man, and I'm super excited to uh, – to, to, you know, promote you and, and to get people to free up, man. So thanks a lot for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I forgot to mention a free $25 credit. If you create a free account, mention this podcast. Awesome, bro. Thanks so much, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some value from that. 
without you guys, this isn't possible. So I really, really appreciate it. If you enjoyed the episode and got value from it, go ahead and rate it, review it, hit that subscribe button. We want to get this to as many people as possible. We want this thing to grow. So go ahead, rate, review, subscribe. And I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.